0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Turn with me please to the book of Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. We begin a new series today called Breaking the Grip of Depression. Many of you have been under my shepherding and my teaching for, oh my, close to 30 years. You have not heard me teach a series on depression, but you're about to. Uh, This is. A heavy responsibility and assignment from the Lord let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him that he might speak this word father in the name of Jesus we ask that you would give your servant energy and utterance that you yourself would breathe this word that you would speak by the Holy Spirit into those, O oh Father, who would receive this word, we ask you that you would remove every burden and break every yoke. We ask you, O oh God, to bring about the manifestation of the wonderful promise in 2 Timothy 1:7 that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound, whole mind. And so, Lord, we ask for the manifestation of that. And the the ministry of that by the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. In Luke chapter 4, we find that Jesus had been ministering early on in his ministry and verse 16 tells us that he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, understand this, that Jesus worshiped corporately, publicly. As was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty. those who are held captive, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, beaten down, discouraged, depressed, and to proclaim the acceptable, favorable, jubilee year of the Lord. I want us to focus mainly today on the, the anointing of Jesus. To set at liberty those who are oppressed depressed beaten down there is one who is absolutely totally committed and powerful enough to break the yoke of oppression and depression he is all-powerful his ministry can heal spirit, soul, body, mind, will, emotions in every way, and I'm so glad because there is an epidemic that is in our culture. It is epidemic, it is also epidemic in the body of Christ. It's called depression. What does it look like? Well. You can describe it in many different ways. I've chosen to describe it like this. It's a mental, emotional disorder. It is characterized by a prolonged lack of energy, a prolonged lack of joy, an extreme fatigue, an abnormal loss of interest in what used to be something of interest. It has uncharacteristic anger and agitation at times. At other times, it is isolated and aloof. It eventually causes a lack of hope that there will be any recovery the longer it goes. Approximately, according to the National Institute of Mental Health, the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, the Mayo Clinic and others from whom I've gotten information, approximately one in every five adults in the United States, almost 20% experience mental illness in any given year in our nation. Approximately one in 25 adults in the United States, almost 10 million experience serious mental illness in any given year that substantially interferes with their life activities. Among our youth today, approximately one in five adolescents, 13 to 18, over 20% experience a severe mental disorder at some period during their life. 16 million adults in the United States have at least one major depressive episode in the past year. 18.1% of adults in the United States experience an anxiety disorder such as PTSD, obsessive compulsive disorder, specific phobias. There are multiplied millions of US citizens, mainly adults, who are experiencing depression. I could go on and on and on, but I got to tell you that my main concern, I'm concerned about the multiplied millions with mental depression, mental disorder, but I'm mostly concerned about you. I am praying earnestly and diligently for you. I know that many of you, in the sound of my voice, are experiencing some degree of oppression and depression. As we go through this series, you will hear from some who have been honest and open enough to allow Dina and I in on their journey with oppression and depression and who have had varying degrees of success in that journey. I want you to know that you are not alone. I want you to know that you're not abnormal and that you're not sinful just because you struggle with oppression and depression. It is not a sin to struggle with that. All of you know who have been close to this ministry know that for many years I have fought heart disease, triple bypass, stents, and every day of my life these past 14 years I have to take four to five medications every day. Would you say to me, well, pastor, that's just sin. If you had enough faith, you wouldn't have to be doing that. Because whatever is not of faith is sin. So why? I know the answer to that, and so do you. So why would Christians believe that, is it, that it is inferior or even sinful for someone to struggle with a disorder that affects the mind, it is not, it is not. But unfortunately, in the body of Christ, it has caused many to stay under guilt, condemnation, isolation, and all of those things are counterproductive, they work against good, sound healing and health. I called it a disorder because anything that is not in order is disorder. And God has given us a sound mind according to the scriptures that I have just mentioned. God is our healer. But again, I say to you that it is not wrong to understand that healing many, many times, in fact, most of the time in our ministry, Mount Adina's ministry, healing has been an adventure. It has been a process as opposed to an event. There are some times when the Lord miraculously touches and intervenes. I have had those times in my own life. But more than that, I've had those times of process and journey as it relates to healing in my own life. And I've been healed many times. It is a disorder. This mental and emotional disorder affects our total person, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually certainly affects our relationships and it affects us vocationally it's hard to focus and do our work and be successful at it when depression is at such a high level it deeply affects the quality of our life and also statistics have shown that those who struggle with mental disorder and do nothing Average living 25 years less than a healthy person. If neglected, it is lethal. You can't ignore it. You have to pull out all the guns that God has given you to fight this condition. It affects the quality and the quantity Of a person's life. What contributes to us if we have depression? What contributes to it? Those of you who know and have talked with Dina and me, those of you who have allowed us in and allowed us to pray with you and walk with you in that journey, you know what I'm about to say. Extreme fatigue in the physical realm is an open door depression. Depression takes advantage of the opportunity of extreme fatigue. Sometimes that fatigue is physical. The outgo of your energy is a lot greater than the income of your rest. And when we get out of balance in our physical world and we get extremely fatigued, it can open the door to a, a state of mental depression where we have are characterized by the things I just mentioned. Sometimes, that fatigue is emotional and mental. Sometimes we have dealt with something for so long. That our emotions and our mind gets extreme. Did you know that your mind and emotions get weary just like your body does? And when you go through long periods of emotional and mental expenditure of energy, then you are susceptible to this thing called depression. If you are in financial lack for long periods of time, it affects your physical mental, emotional well-being, and you can be a real target of depression when you constantly live without enough uh, to sustain you, always behind. It will work on you and cause extreme fatigue. Sometimes when you're dealing with relational brokenness, when there are so many things that that bring you down, when there is uh, marital stress or there is Uh, stress in your family, among your children or your grandchildren, or disorder in any way relationally. It causes mental and emotional energy to be sucked right out of you, and you can become a target for depression. We find out sometimes, and uh, physicians are, they're on different sides of this. Uh, There are chemical imbalances in that physical brain of ours. Some physicians say that that is a symptom of depression. Others say it is a cause. I don't know what it is, but I can tell you this. If you go through long periods of depression, the chances are really good that the chemicals in your brain, serotonin and epinephrine, are out of order. It's not because of sin. It's not because you don't have any faith, but there are physical things that are happening in that brain of yours that affect, you can't separate your body, your brain, which is the main player, from your emotions, from your spirit. You are a spirit being that has a soul and a body, and they're all interrelated. So sometimes the contributors to ongoing bouts of Depression has to do with the chemicals in our brain. Sometimes, for some people, the open door is substance abuse. That is, alcohol or drugs have been used to bring relief, only to open the door to a bigger problem. Sometimes, there is, I've listed medications. I've talked to some of you about this. You know how much I love you make certain that if you're taking more than one medication that you understand that the interaction of medications can also lead to depression the list of possible side effects of medications now is so long i don't know about you but i don't pay attention to them anymore i get tired of hearing them but it is true that sometimes the addition of medications and their interaction can lead Depression. Sometimes, there in many times, according to research, depression is genetic. That is, there is a propensity in our human genes sometimes for certain behavioral patterns, and there can be a, a propensity in our human genes for genetics passed down through physical birth. What am I trying to tell you? They're all kind of different ways that oppression and depression can enter through many different doors. Sometimes oppression and depression comes through mental and emotional trauma. Intense, prolonged pressure, uh, loss. Let, let's talk about some of these for just a minute. Sometimes, You are so emotionally and mentally fatigued because of the intensity and, listen, because of the intensity and the duration of the battle. Military people remove people from the front lines in wisdom because of their susceptibility to fatigue and PTSD and everything. And they will allow uh, soldiers in active duty to only stay in a certain front line for so long. The truth of the matter is that some of us, some of you in this building today have been in such long, deep battles for things that are worthy that the door to and and the, the possibility and even the probability of depression is high because of mental and emotional fatigue, not to mention just how tired your body. Can I tell you something? Some of you have no idea how weary you really are. You don't know because you have continued to just get up and meet every day that you don't give any thought whatsoever to there being a huge vacuum, a huge need for rest And I know it's common for us to say, Dean and I have been through it, don't think we haven't. It is common to say, well, I can't. If I don't, then my world will fall apart. Can I tell you, the world will not fall apart nearly as quickly as you think it will without you? Maybe I need to say that one more time. The world will not fall apart nearly as quickly as you think it will without you holding it together. Sometimes you can do a whole lot more good and affect a whole lot more change on your knees in prayer than you can trying to fix everything and everybody. And if you are ever successful at making everybody happy, I wish you would come see me. I need a good dose and anointing of that. I've been doing this a long time and I gave that up a long time ago. mental and emotional st- trauma, whether it, 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 the, in, the intensity and the duration. And, uh, you know, when there's loss, when there's loss of health, when there's loss of income, when there's loss of a marriage, when there's loss of fellowship with a child or, or a friend or a, or a family member, when, when there is um, hope deferred. Some of you are are so hopeful that today will be the day that there will be a turnaround that the more those today's turn into tomorrows and the tomorrows turn into the next day that sometimes in your inner man you become weary in your spirit the bible says it like this in proverbs chapter 13 in verse 12 hope deferred makes the heart sick Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire realized is a tree of life. So loss of any kind can be an open door to depression. Sometimes that depression can come through a social means, being bullied, being rejected by somebody that you would love to be your friend or would like to have their acceptance, sometimes that social contribution comes through withdrawing and isolate. Do you know that uh, those of you who have let us in on your journey, we always tell you, you got to do something about fatigue and you must not stay isolated. Isolation is lethal. Isolation is lethal. You become very, very, very attractive to the devil when you get isolated. But you know what? When you get oppressed or depressed, the natural tendency is to just not want to spend the energy on anybody else. You just don't feel like you got the energy to get out there. You just want to be by yourself and for everybody to leave you alone. As good as that feels and as soothing as it is, it can be lethal. Isolation. There needs to be somebody you know and trust that will pray for you without judging you or trying to kick you to the curb or throwing a, listen, you don't need somebody to throw three verses at you and say, well, I'll pray for you and that's it. Did you hear what I just said? You need somebody who will love you and pray with you and accept you just the way you are. And you, somebody you need to be able to say just the way it is, just how you're feeling, and not be judged or preached to about it. God, grant that. To hear everybody in the sound of my voice, Lord, that isolation's power would be defeated in Jesus' name. And sometimes depression can be spiritual. It always affects us spiritually. Sometimes your outgo can exceed your income. Sometimes we're in such a hurry. Let, do you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes we're in such a hurry to get well. Sometimes we believe that we ought to be over it by now, that we get out there and try to do what we used to do. And uh, all of a sudden, we find out we don't have the same energy we used to have. Your outgo exceeds your income. Can lead, uh, Have you read Psalm 42 and 43? You know what the psalmist said? One thing that was really troubling me, he said, God... Why don't you hear me anymore? Why don't you answer anymore? He said, I used to, I used to, I used to. And part of what was bugging him was, here's what I used to be able to do, and I used to rejoice, and I used to go with everybody, and I was full of joy. He says, and I'm not there anymore, God. Why have you left me? It's a powerful passage. It's a powerful passage. Sometimes it can be spiritual. There's guilt or condemnation, which does not come from God. Can I tell you something? No condemnation ever comes from the voice of the Lord. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Whatever state Jesus found anybody of sickness or disease or even demonic oppression, Jesus never criticized a soul hallelujah spiritual means sometimes this oppression has to do with an assignment and assault from the devil do you know that the devil is an oppressor do you know there are demonic spirits who can oppress and depress and um, I, I love Acts ten thirty eight. I don't have it on your outline. Acts 10, 38 says it like this. Jesus Christ of Nazareth went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. All who were oppressed by the devil. Many times when Jesus was confronted by demons, It was because somebody had a mental illness and because demons had taken advantage of the opportunity. Demons, listen, demons can assault you and oppress you in two ways. Number one, by invitation. If you continually listen to the wrong kind of music, if you continually focus on things like porn and things that are are demonic, and it is demonic, If you continue to invite the enemy in by your own choices, then there will be demonic assault and oppression. There's another way there is demonic assault and oppression, and that is by neglect. If you don't keep the windows and doors to your own soul fortified and closed by the power of God's Spirit living in you, then the devil is an opportunist. He will come in and assault you and oppress you. So you can be oppressed and assaulted by the devil and it will definitely lead to oppression and depression. So there are spiritual means uh, of depression. And uh, we need to listen. Sometimes that when you are spiritually assaulted by the evil one, there will be these demonic impulses. There will be things that are, they are suggestions in your mind to do things like, taking an overdose of pills, like killing yourself. Many suicides result from demonic oppression and and the suggestion of demonic forces to terminate life. It is rampant. It, It is becoming an epidemic in our culture. Don't think for one minute that the enemy, demonic beings do not take advantage of open doors. Doors that are given open by will and doors that are neglected to stay closed by the enforcement of the Spirit of God and the Word of God. So understand that there are many contributors to depression. There are some truths and there are a lot of misconceptions and I've listed some for you. Let's go through a few of those. The truth is the core of our healing is found in our relationship with Jesus, our healer. I am anointed, said Jesus, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, beaten down. He has given us a sound mind. The core of our healing is found in our relationship with Jesus, who is our healer. Access Him through prayer. Call on Him. Worship Him in spirit and truth. One of the greatest things you can do to open the doors of your soul is to worship the Lord. Uh, Many times that's through music. But if you don't have that, get into praise and worship and thanksgiving. Remember to remind yourself of what the word of God says is the truth. Speak that word over yourself. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. All old things passed away. I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. I have a sound mind. I am in Christ Jesus. I am holy and righteous and blameless and accepted and loved and forgiven. Speak the word of God over yourself. Tell yourself the truth. It is incredibly essential in the fight against oppression and depression. The misconception is, in many in the body of Christ, are you listening to me, there is a misconception and that is that everybody can be delivered from depression solely through sustained sessions of prayer and worship. They falsely assume and preach that if somebody's faith, if somebody's faith is inferior, that's the only reason they don't quickly recover. I want everybody to listen to me. Many people are instantly delivered from oppression and depression. More than that, many are not instantly delivered from oppression and depression. And the signal that is being sent by some circles in the body of Christ is that if you would just believe like I do, you would have the experience that I had. And it has put condemnation It has put guilt. It has put a sense of inferiority on some people who didn't get instantly delivered. That is sin. It is wrong. It is wrong. Are you hearing me? That is wrong. You can't make your experience the way God has to do it for everybody else. I love the wonderful passage in Luke chapter 4 where Jesus heals somebody, and the Word of God says it like this, the witness went out that the man, listen, listen to these words, began to amend. The man began to amend. You know what that says to me? Even Jesus didn't heal everybody instantly. Did you hear what I just said? Even Jesus didn't heal everybody instantly. He began to amend. There is a process involved with many of us that our healing and our deliverance is through partnership and journey over time. And you know what I've found? Unfortunately, I don't like to say this, but in my own journey, sometimes I've had progress And setbacks. Progress and setbacks. Can anybody in here identify with me? Listen to me. You are not inferior. You are not, something's not wrong with you. God does a lot of his healing work in process. So it is a misconception that everybody can get healed the same way truth is it is many times a process and i've got that passage there for you sometimes i always understand this god is the author of light folks what did god do the first thing he did darkness was over the face of the deep and what what did god say let there be what light how many of you know that there's also, that, that light, medical science practiced right is light. Now, you can practice medical science wrong and it not be light, but medical science in and of itself at its core is light. I mean, what would we do without medicines these days? I mean, what would the death rate be without the light of medical science? God uses men and women that he has trained to be used as vehicles vehicles of our healing. Back when it was discovered that I had two arteries 100% blocked and one 95% blocked, I asked the Lord to heal me. And guess what? He did! But he used a little 40-something-year-old guy to cut my chest open and put my heart on a machine and uh, tie arteries from my legs into my heart. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. God is the healer and he healed me but he uses vehicles of his own choice. It is not inferior to, be, to be, allow yourself to be used by men and women who practice light I know many of you have fought a long fight with depression, and I want to say this by pastoral experience. Uh, we're just having a little talk here today in some areas. Everybody get that? You can have all the preachers you want, but sometimes you just need a pastor, right? Well, let your pastor tell you something here. If you have been on medications to treat your depression and all of a sudden you have decided I don't want to do this anymore and I'm just going to take I am not going to take this medication anymore. Can I tell you something I have seen multiple examples in my ministry where that has been a terrible idea where results have been awful. You better make sure that if you decide to do that, that you're following the clear direction of the Lord. And if I'm you, if I feel like I've heard the clear direction of the Lord about cold turkey stopping my medication, I would consult with two or three of my trusted inner circle before I do it. I have seen it yield horrible results, horrible. One man came to me and said, am I crazy? I think I'm losing my mind. I have all these incredible thoughts that I ought to kill myself. Well, what, what's going on there? What are you doing? Have you been, have you been? Well, I just decided to stop my medication, cold, t- I just decided I didn't want to do that anymore. And his life came unraveled. You better be sure. You better be sure. Here's what that is like to your pastor. Are you willing? Look, I'm not the final authority on this. You always listen to the Lord. But there is some wisdom going on here. Listen. Here's what that's like. How wise do you think it would be? By the way, Dean and I got here today in a vehicle. Is that surprising? No, we got here in a, in a four-year-old black vehicle out there. Well, <clears throat> how wise do you think it would be if 50 yards before we arrived, I decided, you know what? I'm gonna quit this vehicle cold turkey. I'm just going to step out of here. That's a little funny, but listen. Sometimes doctors and medications are vehicles through which we get order, and help. So to just stop doing something like that without the knowledge and the oversight of somebody who knows more than you might not be a wise thing. Can anybody say amen? So you take, listen, that's not the word of God, that's the opinion of your pastor. So you just take it before God and decide what you need to do. But I'm not optimistic about doing that God has done mighty things and he can, he can intervene and lift us. Listen, if it is just, are y'all listening? If it is just a spirit of oppression and depression, you can go before God and be delivered by the exercise of your faith and authority in Jesus' name. Well, sometimes that's not the only thing going on. Sometimes it's affected your brain chemistry. Sometimes there, there are mental and emotional things that are not instantaneously resolved because you dismiss a devil from your presence. I know that flies in the face of a lot of Spirit-filled teaching, but I believe it to be true. There is a misconception. that if I was just spiritual enough, I would never need help with depression. Y'all ever thought that or heard that? If I was just spiritual enough, I would never need help with depression. You know, the truth is, for some people, I mean, it may be, but I want you to understand this. Some of God's greatest champions had struggles with depression. As we go through this series, I'm going to bring scriptures for you to think about and, and to ask God to give you insight on, I'm gonna show you where there were some of God's greatest champions who went through dark seasons of oppression and depression in their lives and in their ministries. Mighty champions, mighty champions. Even the Son of God said, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he didn't have any sin. Dark seasons are common to a lot of champions in the Lord. But I'm gonna close with some of these things, practical suggestions to you if you're going through oppression and depression. Number one, recognize you are not alone. Bring your struggle into the light. Ask the Lord for a plan of attack. And unfortunately, sometimes you're going to be too weak to attack. You're going to have to have others fight for you. That is not sin. That is not sin. Ask the Lord for that plan of attack and build a support network. Even include professional help if needed. Many of you know that for many years, I have recommended uh, professionals outside of the church to help many people, and that has happened. Can I tell you? It never ceases to amaze me that the Apostle Paul, you ever thought about this? The Apostle Paul, who wrote 13 books of the New Testament, had one companion that stayed with him until he died. Dr. Luke. Dr. Luke. He was the only companion that stayed with Paul the rest of his life. So if God was against that, he wouldn't have done this. Think about it. Get a support. Get into the light. Tell somebody what's going on. Number two, get some rest. I love what Jesus said in Matthew 28, 11, 28, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew 14, 23, come aside and rest a while. Jesus went to a place to rest after ministry. Resting is not wasting. Some of you think that to rest is wasting time. Do you know what God said to Elisha when he got depressed? Take a nap. Eat some food. Oh, we're going to get there. I'm going to show you right out of the scriptures. Get some rest. You say, Pastor, I'm just way, I got way too many responsibilities to get some rest. Listen to me. Make every arrangement necessary to get some rest or at least some diversion from the normal responsibilities. I don't care if it's two hours, if, if it's three. Take every opportunity and make every arrangement, whatever it costs you, to get some change of atmosphere, some rest. Eat some good food. We'll talk about that later on. You got to stop eating all that toxic food that is contrary to your body and working against you. Pour out your heart to the Lord. You say, "Pastor, I don't think I can tell the Lord everything I feel about this." Listen to this scripture. "My tears have been my food day and night. They constantly my tears say, "Where's God?" Why are you cast down, O my soul? I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemy. What I'm trying to tell you is pour out your heart to God. Express to him how you feel. He will not be offended by it. Don't hide your feelings. Get moving. Don't stay in that isolated place. As best you can, get some movement about yourself. I don't care if it's walking across the room. Get moving. At all costs, avoid isolation. Enlist those those allies, both spiritually, socially, professionally, Find somebody in a place in your spiritual journey who will not judge you or condemn you for having some struggles, and let them know where you are, who will pray for you. And stay the course. This may not be instantaneous. It may be a long season. You need to understand that the Lord will see you through. want you to bow your heads with me, please. I want you to just be quiet before the Lord. Psalm 27 says this. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would eventually see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I've been praying for you diligently this week. I've been praying that the anointed one will bring, captive, bring the captives free, that he will set you free, that he would heal your heart, that he would heal the brokenhearted and the crushed and the downtrodden, the fatigued. In this moment in your own heart, I want you to pour out your heart to the Lord. Whatever dark place you may be in, I encourage you today to say, "Oh God, only you know. Only you know where I am, where I've been. Give me a greater revelation of your love, of your presence. I know this is a very, very, very private matter. But I hope you've learned through this message that you've got to take the stigma off of this. This is prevalent. You're going to hear some stories in the next few weeks of people in your own faith family who've had quite the struggle. You're not alone. You're going to hear about some deep and dark times that people you love have gone through and seen the Lord bring them through. Whatever you do, as an act of your will, ask the grace of God to re-fortify you. He will bring you through this season. You will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I wonder if today there are those who would say, and I don't want anybody looking but Dean and me. I wonder how many of you would say, pastors, I want you to pray with me and for me. This has been a real struggle. And I know I can trust you to pray for me. You would ne- I would never, ever, ever embarrass you I will pray for you. If you're here today and you would say, I'd love for you and my pastors to know just where my struggle is, I want you to slip up your hand right now. God I ask you for these who've been open and honest enough, Oh, Holy Spirit, break the yoke. Break the yoke of oppression and depression. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, our Deliverer, I say in the name of Jesus to every demonic assignment, be broken and gone from these who are oppressed and depressed today. In the name and under the authority of Jesus, the Lord of heaven and earth, In the authority of Jesus, I demand that every oppressing spirit be gone from these who are struggling. Hallelujah. I demand that it leaves these precious sons and daughters of the Lord, that it leaves their body, leaves their mind, leaves the atmosphere of their home In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray that the assignments of the evil one are broken and that you release your sons and daughters by the power of your Spirit. God, I pray for those who have physical, mental and emotional wounds and brokenness. Oh, hallelujah. Holy Spirit, our comforter, our guide. I'm asking you right now to release the healing virtue of Jesus into their inner man. I ask you to heal their minds, their memories, their emotions. I ask you, oh God, to heal their physical brain. I ask you to restore order in the chemical balance of their physical brain. Father, we ask not just for release, we ask you for resolution. We ask you for deep, total healing. Give us the grace, O oh God, to make any adjustments or changes that we need to make. But I ask you today, God, for those who are oppressed and depressed, that you would give them rest and resolution in the name of Jesus. Let's come boldly before the throne. Let's sing it together. Come boldly before the throne. Just stand with me, please. I come boldly before your throne. By the blood of the Lamb, my sin is atoned. God, help everybody to see you more clearly. Night has been turned today. Now I have found the way. We're going to sing that one more time before we close. Let me tell you this. Some of you have been pushing so hard for your deliverance, for your healing. Would you recognize that it's not by your effort, it's by God's grace? Would you also recognize that all He asks from you is to partner with Him in praise and thanksgiving and worship and the confession of the Word of God? If you could have fixed it, you would have already done it. I want you to say to the Lord right now, God, I'm on this journey with you. You are my partner in this. I believe that you will break the oppressive, the oppressive journey, Father, the oppressive driving spirits. I pray you would bring resolution in my brain, in my mind, in my will, my spirit. And God, I just pray believing that my times are in your hands. I will stop trying to fix what I can't fix. I will trust you. I will pour out my heart to you. Believe that you are at work. Everybody say this together with me, please. When I'm oppressed, when I'm depressed, first and foremost, I will seek the Lord Jesus who breaks every yoke, who removes the power of the evil one from my presence in his name. I will also partner with him in the journey that he's taking me on. I know he's telling a story through me that'll bring hope and encouragement to other people in my struggle. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I hereby declare, that i am whole i am free i am more than a conqueror through him who loved me and i demand that the spirits of oppression and depression be lifted from me never to return i will do whatever the lord tells me to do i will partner with anybody god tells me to in jesus name i give you a praise in advance that I will walk free from this depression in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. I want you to continue to pray for your pastors. The enemy doesn't like this word being taught, but yet it will not stop the word of God. Go with God. He's going with you. We'll see you next week.